back, everybody. We are back. It has been, uh, well, what would it be? January, February, March. It's been uh, two and a half months, but is we're this, back. Is this, is this our no, first three and a half months. Is, is this our first pod of 2021? We recorded our last podcast on December 2nd of last year. Wow. Three wow. and a half. We've been busy, folks. We have been. A lot of things going on. My kids turned two today. Happy birthday. Oh, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Happy birthday. I'm being a real good dad down in the basement recording a podcast, but whatever. They're getting ready for bed. I played with them a lot. Their party's tomorrow, so, you know, we'll take oh, care of it then. I've been trying over the last couple months to do a salty podcast, uh, but I'm just so happy that we're doing one. It's really hard for me to channel the dark side right now <laughs> but once we get into it i'm sure we'll get there uh kyle how old is a uh, cam little cannonball old cannonball is uh just over five months at this point okay so he was born the last time we did a podcast i wasn't yeah. sure if he had even been born yet <laughs> all right and he's doing doing pretty well these days he had he had a rough go of it uh, about th- from three months to four months. Yeah, uh, but yeah, we're 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 in good shape now. He's just uh, if only he, if he'd start sleeping, we'd be in real good shape. Mhm. Uh, in the meantime, Ryan somehow managed to break another bone. Uh, <laughs> yes. Congratulations, Ryan. Is this bone number thirty-seven? Thirty-seven. Yep. Bone thirty-seven. What? Yeah. What? I'm only like thirty-two years old. <laughs> it, you know, I gotta say, I asked the doctor. I asked the doctor, I said, all right, seriously, dude, like, I literally tipped over on the bicycle in the street. I'm embarrassed about that, by the way. Uh, but do I have, like, the world's weakest bones, and I should probably not be doing the crazy stuff that I do? And he's like, dude, he goes, I had to drill on you with the best bits money can buy, and, and your bones are fine. So I I just, I think I'm just bad luck, or I crash you just hard. Have a, yeah, you just have a, a knack for falling in the worst possible way. Yeah, yeah. How do you do it, Ryan? So, Ryan, tell us what he didn't just like fracture a bone and he's in a cast. Like, Ryan mangled himself at four miles an hour in the street, with, street. in the neighborhood. Yeah. yeah. So what happened? How, how does this happen? Well, so because I'm like the bike dad of the neighborhood, all the little kids love me, and one of the little kids learned how to ride without training wheels that day, and. My son was on the Mack ride seat and we were just cruising the neighborhood and she got excited because she saw me and she came flying down her driveway. And you know how little kids are, they're squirrely and they, they go where they look. Well, she looks over at me and is like, Mr. Ryan, and swerved right into me and my son. We went down and I basically threw my arm under him to break his fall and he came down on my arm and snapped my arm. It went through the skin and everything. Oh, full, mm. full compound fracture. Yeah. But Tuck's a big like a boy. Good, like, like a good Tuck's dad, you, you, you protected your boy. Yeah, you he was really okay. got to tell this yeah. story differently. You got to you gotta lead off with, like, I sacrificed <laughs> my arm for my son. That's how you that's how you tell it. You, you know, I'm just kind of embarrassed because I feel like I got pretty, pretty good bike handling skills. And I, I should have foreseen that coming, you know, but... Uh, it is what it is. I sa- I saved my son, and he's fine, and my arm will be fine, I guess. It's got plenty of metal in it, that's for sure. Yeah. So. Well, he's a hefty lad, so 
<laughs> yeah, he's a little he's a little short, stocky stack of pancakes. That's for sure, man. <laughs> well, uh, in other news, so boys, <clears throat> I guess we might as well just lead off. We might as well just start here. I have relapsed. Oh. Um, I was clean for a long time, but I've relapsed, and I'm struggling with my tire addiction problem. Oh no. See, we See, got these we got these Vittoria tires, and I've loved them. I like the way they handle. They roll good. They grip good. But then there's this place called Shepherd Mountain Bike Park. And I'm kind of a, for a mountain biker, I'm a hefty lad myself, you know, right these days. And for trail riding, for just goofing around, no problem. But I guess I need a full-blown downhill casing tire, and they don't have one. <laughs> and I am just in a tailspin. <laughs> oh, man. As a sponsor of the show, we got to get Vitoria to kind of step up you know and build us some dh casing tires they need do they, to. Do, they not, do they not have any downhill riders on their tires right now no i don't think so okay i was thinking they, they make, did. I, maybe I don't know why. now listen there's no tire on the planet that's impossible to flat so it could be that i'm i just i just hit the wrong rock at the wrong time in the wrong way you're really good at that though like you have managed to destroy most any and every tire you've had your hands on yet. Indestructible tires, by the way. Yeah, oh, like heavy, yeah. Like 1,500-gram tires, Clinton is somehow tearing knobs off of and slicing open. It happens, man. So. Whereas I can chase Clinton down the same trail on trail tires most days and not have any trouble. I don't even know how that's possible. I, I don't know what to do, guys. I mean, I think our discount code's still active, but like many places in the bike industry, they're sold out of tires, at least the ones I want. I haven't uh, looked. I need to see. I need some XC tires right now. So I threw my backup tire on the back wheel of my bike, which is actually a trail casing tire instead of the enduro casing tire I had that I'm planning to race the Chubb Enduro on uh, <laughs> this weekend. It might be all right. I, I don't think Chubb's as sharp as a shepherd. Um, and then I went ahead after much back and forth with Kyle and <laughs> just all over the place. I've actually got a Bontrager G5 on order 2.5. So it looks like an SE5, but it's got softer rubber. And uh, it's in 2.5 instead of 2.6. Hey, Kyle. So, I, uh, we'll Kyle, see. Kyle, remember the other day when I was up at the shop and then you came in? Yeah. And you were surprised to see me. And I split pretty quick because I knew you were getting ready to get into the tire conversation with Clinton. I was like, I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> and Clinton's calling me. So, by the way, so me and Ryan both work at Momentum Cycles in O'Fallon. So, that's why that's what the reference is. But so, I, Clinton's messaging me all day. Kyle, get me this tire. Get me that tire. I'm like, Clinton, I'm not at work right now. Just call up there and order it if you want it. And then I'm like, I, I told him, I'm not going to the shop today. And then I happened to go to the shop that day. When Clinton called, and the the, the the poor girl Lauren who answered the phone was like, "Here, it's Clinton. He wants to talk to you about tires." And I was like, "No, I don't want to talk about tires today." <laughs> yeah, well, honestly, forcing me to call the shop and talk to friend of the show, uh, Lauren, 
Pointer. That's yep. right. Pointer, who was on the show, who great long distance endurance rider. Uh, I felt like I had to make a choice because I don't feel bad when I drive you guys insane, but she didn't sign up for that. Uh, so I was like, okay, order the G5. I'm going to run it on the rear. Try it. The question is, boys, assuming nothing happens to my perfectly good enduro casing Mazda up front, which I love, for the BME, do I buy something else just for a little extra security, or am I fine because I'm running on the front? Uh, I always so, flat fronts more than back rears. I, I, I hate when say, you say man, things like, like that. You no, know, because here's the thing, too, is that the, the BME is a real enduro. You're 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 not gonna worry about spinning tires over like you you're on the brakes almost most of those stages. You're not trying to put power down like you're gonna be a chub. So I think you could I think you should do a downhill casing front rear and just let them eat. Yeah, I could do the uh, the Trek team combo. Uh, sorry Trek, but anybody who knows anything about tires knows you're not running a Bontrager tire on the front. They tend to run the G5 on the back, and then they run a Maxxis Asagai on the front. Might, now, with, with, that said, that. The, with that said, the Trek Downhill team does run the G5's front rear. They do most, depends on the conditions, but they do sometimes, yes, that's true. That, that, that's the default for them is Von Trigger G5s, and they're winning. I don't know if you saw, uh, who's the young boy we got racing for us now? Um, Charlie was, uh, Harrison. Harrison. Harrison took first place at Winrock this past weekend, or last weekend, on, yeah, on, on Bontrager G5. Yeah. Well, maybe I'll just run them front and rear, because I want to be different. And everybody and their brother has a Maxxis Asagai on their bike. <laughs> Which, probably because it's really good. My it is good. Is I would love it. I've got one on the front of mine, and I do, I do like that tire. <sighs> if I get that, though, do I go full downhill casing or double down? For no, the front? No. Yeah. Even for, for Shepard, yeah, 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 for a for a BME race, yes. Pull down. All right, boys. Because if you flat, you're out. But if you if you lose a second to pedaling, you're in, and, and you're not going to pedal. You're going to be on the brakes full time anyway. Yeah. So anyway, last weekend we got a little sneak peek of Shepherd Mountain. Um, Pretty much all the trails but one are finished. Uh, the one that's still under construction, which the rain today didn't help. It's going to be called Element 26. It's going to be a blue, jumpy flow trail that looks pretty which, sick. Which I, which I actually, uh, being me, that I just love jumpy flow trails, uh, I actually hiked it in the bottom all the way to the top and scoped it out. That trail is going to be hilariously fun. Yeah, I haven't seen it. I've only seen, like, one feature. Yeah. No, we, Describe we, it for us, Kyle. Be the hype man. So it's still got a lot of work to it, but it's a steep, it's steep for a flow trail. And are there sections of it that are really steep for a flow trail? Uh, But it's got jumps. It's got, it's got a couple little drops in it. It, It's a, it's a very legit blue jump line on a steep grade. It it looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. Huh. All right. Um, I've been actually pretty good about not uh, trying to sneak out there and poach it. So we're so close to opening day, though. April third is so close. Clint, I got a I got a bone to pick about that opening day. You sent Kyle an invite to buy a a, a pass for that day, and you didn't send me one. <laughs> that never happened. I don't know what you're talking about. 
<laughs> I, I I haven't been involved in hundreds and hundreds of hours of meetings down there, and maybe used my connections to maybe get an early ticket. Um, and maybe I didn't invite you because, like we just talked about, uh, you broke your arm in half and figured you weren't riding. And uh, definitely uh, fear for your safety above all others. <laughs> all right, fair <laughs> enough. Never happened though. I don't know. Fair Kyle. Enough. Kyle, did you get a ticket? Yes or no? no. Tell the truth. No. 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 See, see, we're all good here. Nothing. Nothing. Yeah, I don't know going what. On. I I must have mistaken. There must have been an invite to the movie theater or something. Then. That was what it was. It had to be. Mandate. Oh, I should edit that out, but you know what? We don't do this for money, and uh, I don't really care. So. <laughs> Okay, guys, I don't, I don't, you know, this is our podcast, but I've been wanting to talk about this for a while. We probably have, but I have to talk about another podcast because it drove me nuts and I wanted to bash my head through a window. But this got me salty. And the discussion on this other podcast, it was the Pink Bike podcast, was about should uphill riders still have the right of way? And, uh, my response is obviously not. Um, because I feel like we've discussed things. this. We I probably feel- have, but it really bothered me to no end that not in that discussion, not one time did anyone mention some obvious facts of the realities of life. Yeah. Namely, number one. When you're going downhill, let's say it's a trail and it's got switchbacks and you can't see that far down the trail. When you're the one going fast downhill, things are clanking around. You're smashing rocks. You can Your bike's making a lot of noise. If you're coming up a hill slowly, whether you're a hiker or a biker, you can hear someone coming before you can even see them. And if you can hear someone coming... And you, because it's your quote-unquote right, refuse to get out of the way, you're an idiot. Because you know they're coming, and they don't know you're there. Yeah, I would... It's very obvious to me. I don't, I, this seems very obvious to me, especially in modern times with full suspension bikes. We go fast down hills, and that doesn't mean we're out of control. But, like, gravity, physics... It's it's much easier for the uphill person to just get off the trail. It I'll kind of chime in on that. Um, I I agree. Even being a past XC guy myself, that pretty much rode cross country for the first five years I mountain biked. But enjoy the thrill of going downhill. I always never wanted to screw up somebody's excitement going downhill, so I could get some fitness to go up like um so i agree with it i know there's etiquette out there and people will disagree with what we're saying here um everybody ultimately needs to just try and be safe on the trail but i do agree that yes climbing and somebody's bombing down a hill they can uh uh you can certainly hear them and should try and avoid the the get to the side of the trail and let them by let them have their fun now on the flip side if I'm the guy coming down the hill and somebody is that courteous to stop, climb off their bike and move the side or whatever, I, I, I try to make a very significant effort to slow down, 
look at them and thank them very, very, very graciously for. Yeah, yeah absolutely. I totally agree with that. That's fine. When, when I'm going downhill and there's other people coming up, once I see them, I slow down. And even if I have room to get over, I get over. But this idea that if, if you can't stop your bike in three feet, then you're out of control is just stupid. Like, I see that comment, like, if you can't get your bike stopped in time around a whatever to get off, and to get, be able to get off the trail, then you're riding too fast and out of control. That's the stupidest thing I've ever heard. Yeah. Like, Richie Rude couldn't stop his bike in five feet. Is he out of control? Even if he's just cruising. Not the even bike's five hard. foot long. The bike itself is five foot long. Yeah. Add in loose rocks, downhill, like, it's just physics. You can't do it. And I'm not so, going to ride like I like the people at the uh, I did the Berryman Battle of Berryman one time and I got behind people and they were literally riding their brakes the entire way down every hill. Just and these are not steep hills. It's free speed. And they were just on the brakes the entire time. Smooth, mellow grade downhills. Is uh, like is that how we're supposed to ride? all the time everywhere we go so, if it's multi-directional heck no that's so here's, here's what i'll say is that it, it, it does depend like if the rider climbing the hill is wearing lycra and yells strava when you're about to pass then he, he deserves the right away <laughs> here's the here's the problem with that kyle this is the bigger point is if you don't even if that even if you were being serious which i know you're not if you don't, if it doesn't, what people are like, well, if they're on a tricky section or whatever, sometimes you just don't see them until you're pretty close. And at that point, you might not have time to get completely stopped and bail off the trail in a safe way. But the difference is that person coming up the hill, they probably knew you were coming before they ever saw you. That's the part where I'm like, if you hear someone coming, just get out of the way. It's safer for everybody. It's so obvious. Like, it's, I, don't, I don't know. I don't care. People are like, well, it's always been this way. Well, whoop-de-doo. Uh, that's not a good reason to do anything. Uh, times have changed. Bikes have changed. Trails have changed. The way people expect to go ride has changed. And, like I said... You have the power as the uphill person. You have the ability and the knowledge to know someone's coming before they know someone's down there. Right. So here's what I'll say, too, really. It's like, it, I, I agree that like most times the downhill rider should have the right of way just because of the ability. The ability to avoid a crash is within the climber's hands more than the downhill guy. Because like you said, the climber knows that guy's coming said if you're right it depends on where you're riding like if you're riding it i mean so for my st louis people sick indian camp Creek, three or four cliff cave give the climber the right away there's nothing out there that's worth pushing someone off the trail for for a descent you're be right. out there riding chub and, and you're coming and, and, and like the guy climbing up is climbing a super technical section that you're bombing then obviously the downhill guy has the right away but like you know, if you're riding an easy place where there's where there's no real big descents, there's nothing technical. Like there's nothing there that's worth risking a wreck for. Be courteous to the people on the trail and understand that 
if you're having this conversation and you're writing a place like that, you might be the most advanced writer on that trail that day, and that it's your responsibility to make sure everybody's safe, too. I, I agree with that statement. That's good. That's a good point, Kyle. And if anybody's wondering why Kyle's echoing, uh, he's in his truck driving south, pulling a race car right now, so it might not sound the greatest. Ooh, is but, it bad? I've got, an, I've got an echo on my side, but I was thinking it was Ryan. It's not, not that bad. Anybody. It's not terrible. It could be worse. This is the oh, world's sorry. okayest mountain bike podcast, not the world's greatest, so it's okay. <laughs> we named it. We named it what we named it for a reason. Okay, well, here's another thing to be salty about. Ryan, if someone could wave a wand and give you one of these things, just give it to you. Would you rather have the new S-Works Edition Specialized Turbo Levo or the 2021 Works Edition, not the regular, the Works Edition CRF450? Oh, dirt bike. Well, what if I told you if someone gave you the Levo and you sold it for retail price, not only could you buy the dirt bike, you'd have uh, about $1,500 in your pocket to get the suspension valved for yourself with the Works Edition bike. Okay, so yeah, I'll buy the the Levo and then sell it and buy the dirt bike. Yeah, we'll give you the Levo. You can sell it and buy the dirt bike and have money left over. Yeah. Not just a dirt bike. The current most advanced, newest, latest, greatest 450 with a Yoshimura pipe, Everything with on the it. fancy coatings on the suspension, with EFI, with multiple settings, traction control. Uh, I just. Yeah. And but, I probably wouldn't no. even ride it. Yeah. <laughs> I love that we're talking about this, and I hope we get a lot of feedback from people smarter than us about this topic. Because as a guy that works in the bike industry and has for 14 years now, I cannot fathom a world where you can get a fuel-injected dirt bike, the nicest money can buy from anybody, like like the nicest KTM, yeah, it, nicest it, Husky, Sherco, Honda, Kawasaki, brand new 2021 for less than you can get an electric assist mountain bike. And that is just crazy to me. And I, and I, I do understand a bit of it as in the manufacturing techniques that are required and the technology that goes into manufacturing a carbon fiber mountain bike are different than a steel welded frame. I get that. But there are still, like there's there's so much that goes into a fuel injected high performance engine that like, it, it shouldn't be comparable to a pedal device. Oh, well, here's one better for you, though, Kyle. Let let, let me add add some salt to the already very salty anger brisket I have brewing here. What's amazing is uh, if you get on the Specialized website, now I don't know if this is because legit these have actually been bought, but the the pro version, which retails for only $13,000, so it's only $600 more than the Works Edition CRF450. Uh, sold out in every size. The S-Works version in two different colors is sold out in two sizes as of this morning. Sold out. I'm, call- I'm calling all my friends that own motorcycle dealerships tomorrow and telling them to raise all their prices. <laughs> hey, 
I'll say this: if you're one, if you if you bought one of these and you're listening, get yourself down to Shepherd Mountain and make use of that thing, because that's the place to go ride it. E-bike paradise down there. Like I kind of had a desire for an e-bike before my accident, but by God, I'd never even fathom spending that. I, I, I mean, I ride my dad some. Um, To me, the e-bike's more. I, I think of it more as like a utility vehicle for getting like it's not as fun to ride downhill i don't care what anybody says it's not um it's still fun it's still fun and it does i mean you fly up hills i rode it this winter out at berryman when it was kind of sloppy you def they're definitely fun uh but for me right now that i can i can't imagine replacing my acoustic bike with an e-bike to me i like like the way i look at an e-bike is like with with my my i guess we call them acoustic bikes i've never heard that term that's cool um (laughs) my acoustic bike or my regular pedal bike like i i I need top of the line stuff right but i i would think on an e-bike like i can get away with not having the 9.9 trek model or whatever like I don't think I need all that stuff in an e-bike like I do on a regular bike. So to me, a $13,000 one is just absurd when I would probably just go pull the trigger on the $4,500 one. And and I'm the guy who likes all the premium stuff in that. Yeah. Well, I'm looking at a uh, Trek Rail 7 right behind me. That was my parents. And I'll be honest, like maybe because I'm not pushing it as hard as I can like I do on my normal bike. It's got a Yari on it. It's got a Rock Shock, just deluxe rear shock, aluminum wheels, and I've, I've I have a blast on the thing. Like that, yeah, that's what I mean. You know, there's I'm not looking to go push it like a race bike down the hills, um, and it's been totally fine so far. I mean, I rode it down the 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 Black Two Trail at at uh, Shepherd. Um, didn't have any issues. So. I'm, I'm, e, I'm e curious, I'll say. So, I, I, as you everybody knows, I've got more bikes than I ride, and so I've had a road bike for like five years now, and it doesn't ever get ridden that much. Uh, so I had considered ditching the road bike this year in favor of an e-bike, um, but my my four-year-old's too big for the Mac ride. I, I'm, I'll probably end up doing it though when my now five-month-old is like a year and a half or two when he's old enough to ride the back ride i'll probably swap a road bike for an e-bike and that way i, I could go do i could go do lost valley or go do full you know full 10 12 mile fairly fairly decent loops of trail with uh with, with a 30 pound toddler on it if i had an e-bike yeah, yeah. you could yeah. that was my thinking with the the e-bike too kyle but now with the injury by the time i'm healed and tucker's getting tucker's getting big man you know yeah because what, what was Con- – Connor was, what, probably about four when you quit doing the Mack ride with him? Or three? three so, uh, probably close to four, yeah. Because I think, I think me and him did Mack ride up until about June or July this year. And then he turned four uh, in August, and he got his own actual pedal mountain bike for the first time in August. So yeah. once he had his own 16-inch mountain bike that he could, like, follow me on trails on, I, we stopped doing the Mack ride because the same trails that I was, I was doing the Mack ride, he was capable of doing on his mountain bike anyways. Yeah. What else is new, boys? Either one of you got something to 
to be salty about? I'm just salty I can't ride. <laughs> really? <laughs> but I am going to come out and hang out at uh, Shepherd on the BME. Um, so that'll be fun. I'm looking forward to just hanging out. I love being around bikes and racing and the people. Um, another thing I got going just for the local St. Louis crowd is uh, I got to get off here at 8 o'clock. I'm sure we'll be done before that. But uh, we got some NICA, which is the uh, high school. NICA stands for National Interscholastic Cycling Association. I started the St. Charles County team last year, and uh, we're going to have a race season again this year. Um, it's our second uh, so sophomore season with uh, Missouri having a league. And so I got, got a meeting tonight with coaches, and, and then uh, in about a week, registration opens for students who want to race uh, either middle school or high school. So that's kind of going on. Obviously, I'm going to be uh, – playing a backseat role in that till I'm healed up and can start doing more coaching on the bike. But, uh, um, it's a fun deal. And if your kid likes to ride bikes, I encourage you to check out, uh, Missouri and, uh, get your kid involved, get them signed up on a team. It's super fun. Um, all kids, all, all kids participate. We're not, we don't do tryouts and cuts. Everybody's going to ride. We've got good instruction. So if, if they're brand new on a bike or a mountain bike, we got good quality instructors to help them learn good skills and be safe. That's what I can tell you. Well, that's nothing to be salty about. I'm not salty about it at all. I'm excited. Way, way to kill the mood and make it better. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to be positive. You know? All right, no, here. I, I'll get some salt. So it's frustrating to me that I'm finally at an age where I realize realistically – I have probably pinnacled as a rider in that the risk versus reward for injury and missing work. So we're, we're a single income family uh, is out is outweighing my desire to continue growing as a rider. And that frustrates me to no end because I, I like progressing. I like continuing to grow, but now I find myself not, I don't have as much saddle time as I used to. And so Every time I ride, everything is fairly new again. You know what I mean? I ride, I mean, I ride, you know, certainly monthly, but like not, not like four or five times a week. And so when I go places to get a ride, I no longer have the ability to spend that entire day practicing a single trail or a single feature or anything. If I get to go somewhere to ride, it's kind of a special opportunity for me. And I just have to squeeze in as many miles and laps as I can and safely as I can. And I am so frustrated that... I, I realistically, I uh, this is as good as I'm gonna get probably, and I, I hate that. I, I wish I wish I could kind of keep going, and, and maybe maybe Shepherd will provide an opportunity for me to ride some familiar stuff more frequently and get better at it. But man, I I, I, I know I've got more in me. Uh, it's just the the ability to have time to get there is uh, is frustrating for me. Yeah, I agree. Out for Kyle. Kyle, we got to get you a new job. Is what we got to do. We got to find you a job <laughs> where you can be, you can be in a body cast and still do it. We got to <laughs> figure this out. Did it desk like me? <laughs> That's sad, Kyle. But, that, Kyle, that, uh, Kyle, I have to agree though. I think not this this recent accident because that was just kind of a freak thing. But you know, when I did my pelvis two years ago, I kind of re- came to that realization is like, you know, I, I, I probably. I'm not, I'm getting older and these injuries are pretty severe, you know, breaking a pelvis in your, in your later thirties is not, 
not something uh, I would advise. So like I've kind of come to that realization too, but the problem is, is then you want to go ride and check out things like Shepard or something like that. And that stuff's challenging and you still got to be on your game, right? Um, right. You can't be any slouch and show up at those places and just think I can come off the couch if they're not riding for you. You need to be pretty mentally <laughs> sharp as well as physically sharp. You know, you guys are depressing. I'm just going to well, be in, I'm going to be in denial forever. Doesn't, <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I'm going to carry me. on the family tradition like my father before me uh, and just just be in denial about how fast I am. Forever. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so here's the thing, too. So it's, it, and I'm not upset where my riding is. So like I went to Shepherd and hit almost every feature there. Not blind, but pretty much my first time seeing it. So there were there were three, two, two real features that I did not do in completion that I wanted to do that I looked at that day. It was just because like, hey, I, I only have another hour to ride today. I, I I would like to just keep riding more laps instead of focusing on this one thing and working up to it and doing it. So I, I can hit the full like I can clear all the jumps at the bottom. Like and they're big jumps and I, that's really fun for me. I. I, I can hit drop the hammer at Kohler. Like, I'm not upset with where my riding level is. Uh, it's just that a lot of my friends and a lot of the guys that I'm riding with have the ability, time, or, you know, they, they make the time to go continue improving. And every year they ride, they get faster and stronger, and they maintain a level of fitness year-round. And, I, yeah. you know, I just I, – I haven't been as fit as I want to be in, I don't know, five years, which is about how old my kid is. So I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Kyle, I, I will I will throw a caveat in there, and I'm guilty of this too. Uh, you have a lot of hobbies, <laughs> and I'm I'm saying that because I'm just as guilty, my friend. I don't have as many I'm, as you. I don't have as many as you, but dude, I want to go ride my dirt bike. I was gonna say, well, Kyle, I want to go ride my dirt bike. I want to go ride my side by side or my seaters, you know, water ski. I, I'm a lot like you, Kyle. So. The focus, right? Like, like I think when we think about people like who have progressed and, and continue to progress, that's all they do is ride mountain bikes, right? So, and I'm not yeah. singling anybody out or you know saying like in general, but like a lot of the a lot of times that's the case is like we no you're, you're that, right you know so no I, I spread it I spread it pretty thin on on what I have time to do on weekends and and stuff like that I, I'm a that's always been my game, man. I, Jack, Jack of all, master of none. Like I'm, I'm pretty good. I'm pretty good. Like from pro, like from being proficient to being pretty good at like a lot of things. But I am really good at nothing. <laughs> like there's absolutely nothing that I'm really good at. I'm with you, brother. I'm glad. You I'm glad we're on the same You are team. the king of hobbies, Kyle. I, I am not. I pretty much right now mountain bike, and I've told some of my moto moto friends that after the bme is over i'm putting the mountain bike away for a little while uh the shepherd mountain project's about to kill me um <laughs> but but hey we are so owe close you but thank you for that it's been too. worth it we all owe you big thank you and a couple other guys dave coolio and well let's finish up i want to talk about about this place real quick so we're we're going live with ticket sales on saturday uh, right now, they've got scheduled out every weekend other than BME weekend through June 27th. Um, if you're listening to this, I'm just going to tell you right now, that link, we're going to post it on Facebook at 9 a.m. Saturday, and I expect pretty much the whole summer to be sold out by 9.30. Um, 
Really? There's only so, right now. So, right now, so they've please, got it set at uh, yeah. Kyle, what's up? Tell everybody how it's going to work. So this is actually new to me too. So it's not going to be a part where you can show up morning of and ride, right? You can show up and ride, but you're just not going to catch a shuttle. Um, okay. They're capping the shuttle sales at 40 tickets per day because they want to make sure if somebody came and paid that they're going to get enough laps to justify. Now, the ticket's only 30 bucks for the whole day. I don't think that's that expensive. I think uh, you, know, you should get enough laps where you feel like that was money well spent. No problem with 40 people. Um, they, now, the city, I promise you, promise you, promise you, they are working on trying, one, to change up the shuttle road a little bit. Uh, my dad's actually coming off the bench and uh, is getting involved because they want to make it smoother so that the shuttles can drive faster so you can get more laps. I mean, they're still working on that. They're probably going to buy more vehicles in the near future to increase capacity so this is just where we're starting at you know this project has been yes we got we got a grant basically from ICIP, but this has by far and away been a volunteer project we did not have a blank check with millions of dollars and we didn't have somebody say you know here's not even a million dollars you know not even close um so they have stretched every dollar but man it's gonna it's already the trails are already so good i've had a lot of people that if, if you're somewhat fit forget like go ride without the shuttle like yeah you gotta climb but like that's what they do in the rest of the world where there's big mountains uh they ride up they ride down i mean if you want to descend 600 feet anywhere in, in in the country without a shuttle you gotta climb 600 feet uh we do that It'd be like going out to Chubb, but doing, um, you know, think basically do twice as many laps as you normally do, and that's how much descending you get at Shepherd. So, I mean, I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be out there opening day, but other than that, you're probably not going to see me in a shuttle much uh, in the future, just because BME, there's no shuttle. You got to go five laps up, up and down that sucker, and there's a climbing trail. There's kind of some other ways that you'll figure out that it might be a little faster getting up. Um, but, you know, you, like a lot of parks, like uh, Canuga out in uh, North Carolina, uh, it's not shuttle. It's 500-foot mountain instead of 600. But you've got an e-bike, and that'll work. Uh, we've got people down there local that they are working hard to try to get rentals, like e-bike rentals. Um, to add to the shuttle capacity, basically. I mean, let's just put it this way. Um, what What's going to be there on April 3rd is just the beginning. Like, that is by no means the end. Like, well, it's built, and they're satisfied, and now we're done. Like, no, no, no. We just we want to give people the opportunity to ride the thing, and we're going to keep growing stuff. Uh, there's more trails that are being that are that'll be available after the BME. Um, it's an ongoing process, um, and I haven't even finished all the buildings. But it, it kind of comes down to the choice of well, do we want everything to be finished and absolutely perfect, or do we want to let people come and start enjoying what's there? And there's plenty there to get in two good days of riding. Uh, yeah. If you ask me, I mean. Oh yeah. There's 
there's plenty you know your first two trips down a trail are not going to be fast especially the black trails uh we've had many people that did not take heed to my speech i made uh before we started the test day there are blind drops there are gap doubles at the bottom if you haven't ridden something and you see what might be a feature and you're not a hundred percent sure stop and look don't assume you can just roll off of stuff because it's just not the case uh other than like the green trail and the blue trail the, the black trails are i mean really one of them is a double black at least uh they're legit scary um if i can if i can comment i i haven't been there obviously you two have um and uh I, I saw some uh, GoPro footage the other day from last weekend when y'all were riding. And usually GoPro makes a trail look pretty simple. Even the GoPro yeah. footage, I was like, this place is gnarly. So I hope people that show up are prepared and and, and uh, ease into it. Because otherwise, they're going to be carting a lot of people out and they're going to be sitting on the sidelines with me. <laughs> I mean, I, I have never been... It's a legit downhill park. I mean, I, I've ridden all over the. I mean, I, I guess I could say all over the world. I mean, I got only in this continent, but I mean, I, I've been to Whistler, I've been to California, I've been to Colorado, I mean, and I've ridden lift access downhill many places. And it's a legit downhill park. I mean, I, I yep. on one full push, top to bottom, on a blue trail, had had legit arm and hand pump. Like, I, and I haven't had that since I rode Whistler back in 2010. I mean, it, it's a it's a big, it's a, it's a real deal. I mean, it's everything out there is steeper, looser, faster, and more technical than you're used to riding. Even that blue trail, that blue trail would have had a black stamp on it almost anywhere else in the country. Um, it, it's a, yeah. uh, it's awesome. It, it's a really neat piece of trail out there, and it's not, it's not your traditional, uh, what we've come to know uh, as bike park stuff in in the Midwest. I mean, it's it's totally different than what's in Arkansas. Uh, not 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 necessarily better, not necessarily. It's just different. It's a totally different style of riding, um, and it offers something new to see and different styles to ride and try to sharpen your tools. Yeah, I've never been to Windrock. I've been to Chattanooga, uh, or close to it for a race, but I blew up a wheel. I've never been to um, Keystone, but people who have been to those places were telling me. I mean, we're going down the Blue Trail, and the guy behind me is yelling. Have you ever been to Windrock? This is just like Windrock. Uh, so I'm basically, if you've never ridden at Windrock or somewhere out west, uh, then you've never ridden anything like this. Um, even if you've been to Arkansas uh, a couple times, um, it's just like Kyle said, it's different. It's just different. It's real. All it's right. real mountain biking. Yeah. I once heard somebody say out at the uh, O-Rock Epic Enduro, uh, there's trail riding and there's mountain biking. And this is mountain biking. <laughs> yeah. But, boys, it's been uh, over 45 minutes. You know, I'm just glad we got a podcast in. We'll try to get some more specific topics here in the near future. Um, I think if we do more and we keep them shorter like this versus an hour and 15, yeah. we'll be set. Yeah, there we go. Uh, I'm going to make you guys come up with the topics unless some of our listeners, you know, chime in and give us some topics to talk about. I'll talk about anything. Um, you know, just, we ought to you do. Know, we, if we're not we, careful, it's going to become the tire podcast all over again. So uh, so here's the thing, too. So what, what we should do 
is uh, we should start talking to race winners. So let's figure out, you guys want to, you know, whoever wins the, let's see if we can invite whoever wins the Chubb Enduro, um, and then ask what their expectations are for the rest of the season uh, for the Missouri Enduro Series, and uh, do some of that. So let's, let's see how the Chubb Enduro goes this weekend, and maybe catch somebody there that might want to do an interview and, uh, and, and just talk about mountain biking with That's a good idea. Good idea. We'll do it. And uh, we'll see some of you guys. Are, are you coming to watch or hang out, Ryan, at Chubb? I can't. It's uh, my 10-year-old's birthday this weekend. Gotcha. Okay. Well, I will see the rest of you out there. <laughs> and, I'll probably be there with my four-year-old, I think. I wish. I hope everybody has fun, though. It's going to be a nice weekend. Good luck. Yes. At least it's not going to be 38 and rainy like last yeah. year. Cool. <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for thanks for the time. We'll catch you later.